Filostrowski, Ross Tucker, and Ryan Horvat here, and it is day one at the Masters. They're at it in Augusta, Georgia, nearly halfway through, uh, not halfway through, but nearly uh, half of the pairings are out on the course at the moment. Uh, so let's talk about how the course is playing and bring in Eric Patterson at EPAC Golf on Twitter, golf writer for the score bet. Eric, um, I know it's a small, small sample size, but many people curious, okay, how is this going to play different from what we saw back in November when we had such ridiculous scoring like DJ winning at 20 under? Uh, so how obvious is it that uh, we're not going to see a score like that on Sunday? Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty apparent from the from the early scores we're seeing. I mean, not a lot of the uh, top-tier talent is out there so far, but there are some big numbers. Uh, specifically, I just found one here. Victor Hovland made a seven on the first hole. So there's going to be um, some challenges out there. The greens are rock hard. Um, one of the caddies, Matthew Fitzpatrick's caddy, said it was like playing um, on the street adjacent to Augusta. So these are pretty much you know rock-hard fairways, rock-hard greens, um, and you're going to have to be precise with your irons. That's what it's going to come down to. So... Uh, whoever has the best iron play, I think, is going to win this week, and uh, we're seeing some big scores early. We're we're back now to uh, normal years at the Masters. Uh, when you do your round by round betting, I'm sure that's a something that a lot of uh, betters are taking a look at. They have many of their wagers already in matchups, outrights, all that good stuff. But then at the end of the day, they're going to start to take a look at the Friday matchups that are on the board. What are some tips uh, for targeting plays in day two? So first I would take a look at obviously, um, you know, try and find as much stats as you can from their day one, uh, whether it's a strokes gain data is actually pretty hard to come by from the masters. So unfortunately we're just kind of got to go off of, you know, greens and regulation fairways, uh, birdies. I think you look at, you know, if a guy's making a lot of birdies, obviously he's, he's found something. If he's hitting a lot of greens and regulation, I think that's going to be as, as basic of a stat as that is, I think it's going to be very important. So you want to get, you want to find the guys who are hitting the ball better than maybe their score indicates, and then maybe try to attack some of the guys. If you're if you're watching or you're tracking the leaderboard, um, there are there there's going to be guys out there who are making a lot of putts or, or getting up and down quite frequently to salvage pars. Um, those are the those are the players I would target um, just because you know putting's putting's pretty finicky um, and and strokes gain you know approach and and off the tee. TD green play is just a lot more um, rep repeatable from day to day. So I target the guys who are uh, hitting a lot of greens and regulation. Um, you want to put your money on those guys and, and pick on the ones who are, who are probably getting a little bit lucky with their flat stick. Eric, how much do the matchup odds for tomorrow change based on how the guys perform today? Yeah, it, it, it'll change quite drastically and i don't think to be honest a lot of the times they do dive deep into the stats um they'll just look you know if a guy shot two under and a guy shot two over they'll probably just if they're basic basically the same type of golfer they will uh they'll they'll lean a little heavier to the to the guy who's two under just assuming that he's playing better but if you look you know on, at the underlying stats there could be a chance that you know, the guy who was two over got a bit you know went a little bit cold with his putter and just couldn't really quite figure out the greens whereas someone who shots, you know, one or two under, he could have made like a, a 30 or 40 footer for Eagle or, or chipped in or something. So some of those things might not be able to you know, repeat themselves in round two. So um, yeah, you're, you're going to find some value on, on some players who hit the ball a little bit better than their score indicates. 
So I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you almost go for the guys that struggled the day before on some level, thinking that there's value there as opposed to riding the hot hand of what the guy did the day before. Yeah, that's typically how I would, how I would do it. Um, obviously, there are going to be guys who shoot a good score today and were just lights out in all facets. And, um, you know, that's probably an indicator that they're going to be around all week. So you can obviously target those guys. But if you are going to try and find value, um, maybe even if it's like a, a middling kind of guy, uh, just someone who's, you know, had like 100, 125 to 1 odds early and they're like one or two under after today. Um, they might find themselves in a matchup against a player that, uh, you know, a large majority of people would have liked pre-tournament and they just kind of struggled round one. So you can find, you should be able to find um, some decent value. Just a lot of, a lot of overreaction happens in one day. I'll say that. Ryan Horvat, Ross Tucker, Joe Ostrowski with Eric Patterson, the score bet. So are there any, this is, are there any specific golfers if they get off to a hot start, if they get off to a slow start that you would target this week? Like let's say Rory, gets off to a brutal start and you could get some good value. Is there anybody in, you know, anybody specifically that you are looking to target if they do get off to a slow or even a fast start? Uh, Rory's actually a really good one because he's a notoriously slow starter, especially in majors. So um, if he comes out with his typical, you know, 75, 74 um, and is a little bit further down on the leaderboard, uh, he's someone I would, I would probably look at, you know, try and try and find the stats, see how he did it. Um, if he was driving it well, hitting his irons well, um, that's probably an, a good indicator that he will, uh, you know, he'll turn things around rather quickly. Um, players specifically, I know Brooks Kepka is someone I'm trying to keep a close eye on this week because uh, there's a lot of talk around his knee injury. Um, if he looks healthy on the course, if he's swinging it well, um, I think that's someone who you know, in some of his major wins, he doesn't come out of the gate super hot. I know uh, at the 2018 U.S. Open, he was like 100 to 1 at one point, and he just turned it on like on the weekend. So uh, you can find value on, you know, some pretty elite players who you think will turn it turn it around on the weekend. And Kepka, just because of his injury, I think is one to watch. Yeah, and Eric, everybody is fading Kepka this weekend, rightfully so, you know, coming off of knee surgery. But are, is that what you're going to be watching for today, just really to see how he's moving around? Because, I mean, I think that's the biggest – concern is just him walking 18 holes you know walking up and down all these hills so he's somebody that you'll be uh targeting and watching is that what you're watching out for for him yeah i i was i'm very interested by his pre-tournament number because it was so big but then it kind of got bet down which um i didn't love to see uh just because everyone thought he was value and then he, he kind of closed at like 25 to 1 which i thought was a bit risky but um if he is moving it around if he comes off the course and says he feels great um, I think there could be an opportunity to to hit Kepka there because, you know, he is like I said, I've found him to be a pretty notoriously slow slow starter in majors, um, and you know it takes him a little bit of time to gear up, and just with the injury, you never know how it's going to react. So I think um, how he how he comes off the course in day one is just going to be a kind of a telltale sign for how the rest of the week's going to go. It's BetQL Daily with our guest Eric Patterson at EPAT Golf Golf Rider for the Score Bet. Uh, it's early enough, Eric. People are jumping in with some outrights in the middle of this first round. What did you take? Um, so my my, I would say my favorite pick was Daniel Berger. You can probably get him around forty to one still. Um, it's worth noting that the the wind is supposed to get pretty hectic this afternoon. So um, if you want to get if you want to take an outright guy, I would be looking to bet someone in the morning wave, um, just because I do think the scoring conditions are going to be a little easier. 
Um, Berger's off in like 30 minutes. So I think that's a good slot. It's unfortunate for players like um, Justin Thomas, Spieth, Colin Morikawa, because they have a late tee time. The greens are going to be even firmer than they were in the morning. And if the wind picks up, you could see some pretty ugly scores later this afternoon. Um, but for me, my favorite play was Berger. Um, I also have very intrigued by Adam Scott. I just, something tells me that, you know, for, for a former winner at 60 to one, I think you can do a lot worse there. Uh, he, he's going to thrive in these firm and fast conditions. Um, so Adam Scott and Berger are kind of my, my two favorite plays of the week. Eric, we've talked a lot about some of the outrights. We've talked matchups a little bit. Haven't talked much about finishes, top five, top 10, et cetera. Do you place a lot of like top 10 finish bets? Not as much as I probably should, to be honest, just because they are, you know, they don't, you know, they don't give you the juice that, uh, you know, an outright winner will do, but um, they are a lot safer. And one to watch this week, I think is, uh, I've, I've said it a few times this week. He's not my favorite guy to cheer for, but I do think it's a, a smart and wise wager is Matt Kuchar. Uh, there's, you know, he's shown some signs of life in the last few weeks. Uh, he came third at the match play. Um, his, his top 10, top, uh, even top five number is probably close to 20 to one, um, maybe top 10, 10 to one, because he outright, he was like a hundred, 125 to one. And he just, he's so consistent around Augusta. And I think, again, I'm going to say firm and fast a lot, but he is someone who he doesn't hit it long, but with these fairways, he's going to get a ton of roll. So, um, Kuchar's distance off the tee shouldn't be an issue. I just think he's, uh, you know, some a wily vet who should be able to figure out Augusta like he has in the past. Eric, I know Joe kind of hit on this, but are there any players that you are going to look to maybe fade or maybe that you're going to like in matchups? If you didn't get the full tournament matchups in, and I'm looking maybe tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday, uh, anybody out there that you're looking to maybe fade or anybody that you really like as far as matchups go this weekend? Well, this one, this one bit me in the butt uh, at the U.S. Open, and I'm going to go back to the well, but I'm definitely going to be watching to see how Bryson DeChambeau does. Um, if he's spraying a little bit off the tee or if he looks like he's someone who is struggling on the greens like he has in the past at Augusta, he's actually historically one of the worst putters um, of like qualified golfers at Augusta National. So uh, I will be targeting DeChambeau and based, based solely on the fact that I think he's going to be a favorite in a lot of head-to-head matchups moving forward. So if I, if I see that he's, you know, struggling with his wedge play again or, or putting and chipping, um, you know, his driver is going to keep him in a lot of rounds. So he should, he could shoot even, but uh, the rest of his, the rest of his game could be a little off. So Bryson would be one um, I would be targeting because you're going to get like, you're going to get a matchup with Bryson versus, you know, Dustin Johnson or Bryson versus Justin Thomas. And I just like those other guys a little bit more. Eric, the earliest uh, pairings are now on the back nine here and, like we uh, addressed at the top, the score, minus one. There, there's your leading score. There's no way we are going to see a minus 20. So for people jumping in over the next few days, uh, what do you, what type of score do you think they should target? What's going to be the winning score? I don't think it's going to get over 10 under or whatever. It's not going to exceed 10 under. I think uh, single mm-hmm. digits, um, you know, there is a little bit of rain uh, in the forecast for Friday, which could soften it up a little bit. But at the same time, I think um, there's going to be a lot of a lot more wind than I think uh, we've seen in recent years and just how firm and rock hard it is. I, I would say, you know, five, six under, I think it's going to be one of the more difficult masters in recent history. So um you know, uh, anything, anything low seventies, even if you can break, if you can break 70, I think uh, a lot of players are going to be extremely thrilled with that round. 
So, Eric, this isn't for this weekend, but I am curious. I've watched the video of Bryson hitting on the range. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. how many years does this guy have? Three? Two, two or three? I mean, he. I can promise you he is going to blow something out from a repetitive usage injury. He is so violent with his swing. It's coming. Is there a way I can fade Bryson DeChambeau long-term somehow? <laughs> uh that's a great question i don't know if maybe someone will take like a, a wager like you won't win another major or you'll be out of the you know out of the top 10 or hurt for the next five years it is it is crazy to see him um go through his warm-ups on the range it just looks so vicious and so violent um you know we we watched tiger we thought he had a violent swing his whole career and we know how his back held up i i'm not here to speculate on how someone might get hurt or not but um we've never seen someone swing it as hard as he does and how often he does so there is obviously cause for concern that it might not um you know he might not have a 20-year career in him but at the same time if he if if he does this for the next five years his body holds up he wins a bunch of a majors a bunch of tournaments um that could be all he's really looking for at the uh, at the end of his career i guess Eric Patterson at EPAT Golf on Twitter, golf writer for the score bet. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. Enjoy the next few days, all right? Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. There's Eric Patterson. Good stuff from him. The leading score, as I mentioned. Right now, I'm seeing seven guys that are all one under par. I think he's on the right track there. After having minus 20 be your winning score last year, they did not like that at Augusta National at all. So they are making these greens as fast as possible, and it's going to be a challenge to get even 10 under. And we see uh, seven over already, just halfway through halfway through the round for Lyle and Hovland with that seven on one. Oh, man, if you've got a Hovland bet, you feel like you're already dead. After one hole, you're done. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, Ryan Horvat. This is BetQL Daily coming up next. We'll take a look at this evening's NBA card on the BetQL Audio Network.